Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I am your host, Stephanie Dahan, and I am very pleased to have Christine Keneal. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. For almost all of his career, Cezanne made painting after painting of Mont Saint-Victor, often from exactly the same spot. These paintings exhibit the evolution of Cezanne's style. André Malraux once remarked that Cezanne found it terribly important to paint Mont Saint-Victor because he identified with it and was therefore able to realize himself through his depictions of it. Randall Jarrell responded that for the very same reasons, Cezanne was necessary to Mont Saint-Victor because it realized itself through him. So here's my first question for you today, Christine. In what way does an artist realize him or herself by painting the same subject again and again? So before we start, I want to give some background to Cesar. He lived in a province near the mountain called Axin province. He himself lived close to this mountain called Mount St. Victoire. So through, during his life, he painted this painting again and again. And by painting this mountain again and again, he was able to improve his artwork and find what works for him through his own art. For example, he started with watercolors and continued with painting in oil. Cesar was able to master the way he painted the mountain through this painting of the mountains again and again. Cesar was able to master the way he painted the mountain. As you see the painting of the mountains over time, you will see his use of more vibrant colors and sharper brushstrokes compared to his beginning artworks that were smoother and more detailed. Towards the end of his life, his paintings of the mountain became more geometric, which is why many people relate his art to Cubism art movement. So for your question, how can a painter identify with a mountain? Well, before I get started with answering that question, I must say, Christine, your answer to that question beforehand was spot on. It's definitely important to see how his evolution of his artistic painting changed over time and how now people associate him with a cubism art movement as well. So how can a painter identify with a mountain? Let me let you know. Mountains are thought to contain divine inspiration in the artistic realm, like how people see mountains as a symbol and are sometimes the focus of pilgrimages or transcendence and spiritual elevation. Mountains surpass ordinary humanity and extend towards the heavens in their upward strokes. They symbolize constancy and permanence at their peak and signify the state of absolute consciousness. Mountains, on the other hand, can also signify danger. Just as climbing a mountain, you reach upwards, so can a person's uh, blood pressure and it can depict an inner elevation, so an inner riot within themselves. Um, the way that Impressionists approach their visuals was also very radically different than the classic art of the entire environment. So in the focus revolving around Cezanne and Mount Saint-Victoire, the evolution of his painting style of the mountain could be seen as an ideological, ideological shift in Cezanne's outlook as a product over time. Paul Cezanne's muse was not a person as many others painted, 
but a physical object, a mountain. Mountain Saint Victoire, the mountain overlooking the Aux and Providen uh, Province, which is where Cezanne lived in southern France, fascinated him for decades, which resulted in the creation of 30 oil paintings and watercolors over the entirety of his artistic career. The mountain, whose name means Mountain of Holy Victory, was by no means the largest mountain in the Vista. That should be really important to note because he could have chosen Mount Everest or Mount Baker or some other monumental mountain in the Vista or even around the world to look up to as his topic to paint over and over again. But in fact, this mountain only measures a modest 3,300 feet about. However, the reason why Cezanne chose for Mountain Saint Victoire to be the muse was to set the local mysticisms, mysticisms and fantasies about him and that's his personal connection to them. Cezanne, who lived most of his life in Aux, established his creative studio specifically within the view of the mountain, and it served as a nostalgic reminder of nature's beauty and the endurance. Another interesting connection that I came across is the interrelatedness of ideas between the specific symbols that are used and the meaning that they help to identify like, and what it reveals about the artist. So in specific to Mont Saint-Victoire paintings, one striking point is a particular space in which the peak of the mountain meets the sky, or even the mountain outline and its contrast against the sky. So the contrast of the definitive boundaries of the rock against the endless abyss of sky and clouds in the background can be interpreted as the transformation of the physical, conscious, and tangible, obtainable things into the surreal, spiritual, unconscious, and endless areas of the sky and heavens above. So here's a, a question for you, Christine. Would a painter who painted the same human model again and again, as Rembrandt painted Saskia, identify with a subject in the same kind of sense that Cezanne is said to identify with a mountain? So as you mentioned before, Stephanie, Cesar lived near this mountain a lot, near his home, in fact. So he probably connected to the mountain in a more spiritual sense than I feel Rembrandt who painted Sakia, which is his wife. To give more background, Rembrandt met Sakia when he was working with Sakia's family member in a studio. There they met and ended up getting married. While they were engaged, he painted Sakia and over her years with him together, he painted her in many different ways and different settings. He made sure to always paint her in a different way as he'd always paint her naturally as he saw her. So, as I mentioned before, Rembrandt painted Sakia over her lifespan. When she died, he even painted her after. He painted her through her years married together and even when she was sick. He felt that it was important to paint her as she was. So during his lifetime, he, as he painted her, I feel that he would have grown to love her and admire her even through her sickness or through the years. He would paint her features as he saw them. For example, at the beginning of his paintings of her, through later on, 
he would show her as her double chin became more prominent and i'm sure he didn't mind that he loved her he felt in love with her every time he painted her so it was a more of a loving connection that he saw her in his features that he painted he began to recognize them and admire them he would paint her smiles her facial expressions and all these different scenarios and he probably loved her so dearly that he chose her as such an important model in his artwork whereas Cesar even though he grew up with this mountain and became attached to it even painting it more than 30 times as you mentioned this mountain could be very important to him in that sense but i don't feel that it would be in the emotional connection that rembrandt would have with his wife where he would always paint her throughout his whole life in a loving way i understand that cesar could have maybe felt very attached to the mountain but i feel that it would be more of a spiritual sense where he could maybe view the mountain as something that possibly maybe didn't change for him in a sense where it just became a constant subject for him where like i talked about before in his art he probably felt himself while he was painting it he found himself in his paintings because he was able to grow with it grow his style within painting this subject so that's what i, I think that's think. a i think that's a really good point that you bring about um how Cezanne, when he paints um, Mount St. Victor, it's almost as if he's deepening the connection within himself. He's finding himself. So where um, Rembrandt and Saskia, it's deepening the connection of their love for one another. The connection of love for Cezanne and his mountain is almost deepening the love for himself. So it's more of like a self-introspection, whereas Rembrandt and Saskia is like a mutual shared love. And of course, Cezanne loved Mount St. Victor and he painted it so many times again and again, but it really, um, in the end of the day, helped him realize himself and the mountains realize him back and forth to each other. And it's different than having that one-on-one -on -one human connection. So definitely I can agree with that. Next question I wanna ask you is something about the topic of Mount St. Victor actually. So would you say that it makes sense that Mount St. Victor also realizes itself through Cezanne? Would you expect Mount St. Victor to look different to people who are familiar with Cezanne's paintings of it or like compared to people who have never seen paintings from Cezanne before? So as we talked about before, Cezanne painted Mount St. Victor in 30 of his paintings, ranging from watercolor to oil paints. During this time, people became familiar with his work. When they saw his work, they remembered this mountain in the province. Or for people who even saw the mountain in person and knew of Cesar's work, they probably connected one with the other. It's almost as if it became a stamp for each other. Where Cesar painted this mountain, the mountain became familiar within his work. The work that he painted, the mountain became a stamp of his work so when people would possibly see the mountain in person they would instantly in their mind connect it to Cesar's paintings so in that way you could say that Saint Victoire realized itself through Cesar's representation of the mountain and you could say that Mount Saint Victoire 
would look different for people who are not familiar with his work because for them they would think of the mountain itself they would just think oh wow look at this mountain whereas for cesar's work or people familiar with cesar's work they would connect it with his work and think of how it appears with his work versus in person like you would contrast yeah. one versus the other if that makes sense i i completely agree with you on that um the mountain range of Saint Victoire only gradually emerged as a major, major theme of Cezanne's work. Starting in like the 1870s, Cezanne including it included it as a landscape in the painting called A Railway Cutting, and a few years later, it appeared behind the monumental figures of his Bathers at Rest, um, which was a painting that was included in a third Impressionist exhibition of 1877. However, it really wasn't until the beginning of the 1880s in that next decade, well after Cezanne truly adapted into the form of Impressionism, that he began consistently featuring the mountain in his landscapes. Cezanne would return to the motif of Saint Victoire through the rest of his career, resulting in an incredibly varied series of work. Um, they show the mountains from many different viewpoints and often in a relationship that constantly changes cast of the other elements. However, there is one strikingly notable section of the appearance of the mountainous symbols that appear towards the end of Cezanne's life. These landscapes feature a heightened lyricism and a consistent viewpoint. They show the mountains as they can be seen from the hill of Les Lauds, which is located just to the north of Aux, the province. I most definitely think that it could make sense to say that Mont Saint-Victoire realized itself through Cezanne, obviously not in the physical sense like you mentioned, but more through the symbolic type of way, just because nobody can think of Geico without the, Grit the British green lizard or frosted flakes without the enthusiastic tiger that knows that they're really great. Uh, Cezanne and the frequency of his painting and attachment between the mountain and himself, um, they became interconnected as two entities joined into one. In the artistic sense, you can't think of Mount Saint Victoire without Cezanne. And therefore, it can be said that Cezanne realized himself through the mountain. And the same could be said the other way around, where Mount Saint Victoire can realize itself through Cezanne. The symbols and themes that Cezanne attributed to the mountain became the primary way that people sought out and view this mountain range from then on all the way until the present day. An untrained eye, meaning a person who is not familiar with Cezanne's work, may just see these mountains as a pretty sight, just like you said before. Nothing too grandiose or spectacular. They see the straightforward visual aspects, but not be able to connect the landscape on a deeper level, like those who are familiar with the paintings of Cezanne. An example of something that the untrained eye would not be able to pick up on is something like the subtle adjustments that Cezanne implemented into his works and the symbolism that they hold for the actual landscapes. In terms of the flatness or depth of a painting, Cezanne evokes a deep panoramic scene and the atmosphere that fills and unifies the space. But it's absolutely characteristic of his art that we also remain acutely aware of the painting as fairly rough, if deftly even a worked surface. Flatness coexists with this depth, depth and we find ourselves caught between these two poles, now aware of one more than the other. This deeper understanding invokes the message that the mountainous landscape 
of Mount St. Victoire is both within our reach, yet oh so very far, far away. Yeah, I completely agree with your example of the Geico lizard and the fact of the cereal. It's almost a connection. When you see one, you instantly think of the other. Like you talked about with Cesar and his mountain. That was a great example. So for my question to you, could a painter realize himself through a subject or a subject through a painter? if the painter paints the subject only once. Well, to be quite frank with you and to make it short, the more times that an artist really paints a specific subject, the deeper the connection formed between the two. Let me divulge into a metaphor to help explain this concept a little bit easier. When a person goes on a first date with someone, before even meeting the other person, they may create this whole image in their mind of what the other person's entire life is like, what they look like, what they wear, what, what their personal aspirations are. Um, but throughout the duration of their date, they can only learn so much as they fill in the empty spaces with whatever ideological things that seem to fit into the missing spaces. However, as a relationship progresses, that initial picture that you might have had in your mind might be completely different now from the way that the other person in the relationship is currently viewed as you fill those missing puzzle pieces in. Now, relating back to our original question, could a painter realize himself through a subject or a subject through a painter if it's only been painted once? You can see how a painting the subject only one time can only really unwrap a single layer, a single depth. The more time spent painting and repainting the subject again and again, the deeper the realization of the artist and the stronger the relevation and connection between the object and the artist itself. Yeah, as you mentioned, it really is incredible how when you paint something once, you'll paint it as you see it. But if you continue to paint it again and again, you'll catch yourself finding more details in what you are painting. In our class, for example, as we look at this painting, our teacher herself even realized how in this photo that we have been interpreting, she saw this picture a million times, yet she saw this again and she caught herself finding something new. So when you paint something for the first time, you'll just catch yourself seeing something that's in front of you. But as you paint it again and again, you'll see how many different things you'll catch. So for example, if Cesar painted the mountain only once, he probably would have painted it in a sense of him just seeing it in front of him. But over time, we saw how his style changed within it because he saw himself seeing different things. So he painted it in a different way. You are completely right about that. It really does change over time. So I guess keeping all of that in mind, my next question for you is, Suppose that other artists, such as like Sorot, Renoir, Monet, Van Gogh, and Cezanne each painted Mont Saint-Victor, but they only painted it once. Could Mont Saint-Victor really realize itself in a set of paintings if each were painted by a different artist? Like, could you figure out which one would be Cezanne's painting? Do the various productions of a play contribute to the play realizing itself? And how about if each production embodies different interpretation or emphasis. My last question of this long introduction is, do remakes of a film, like different versions of A Star is Born, 
do different remakes function in a similar kind of way? Okay, so let's break it down. Well, we could think about how Mont Saint Victoire, even if they were all in the post impression, they each have their own ways of painting. They each had their own characteristics. So each person would always paint the mountain differently. They would not remain the same. Therefore, you can't really say that Mount Saint Victoire will realize itself if a person would paint it differently because each person will have their own impression of the mountain and paint it differently. For example, as we mentioned before, Cezanne grew up with this mountain. It's familiar to him. Whereas these other people, if they were just painting the mountain, they have no emotional connection to it as Cesar would in that sense. So they would paint it differently. And we can think about how plays and remakes, even if they are based on the same concept, just as, for example, these painters are painting the same subject, the mountain. Even though the plays have these same concepts, they will still end up being different. We can think of the original being set at that time. They will have characteristics that depict that sense of time where it'll be specific to people living in that area or that moment in time. Mm -hmm. So in remakes, we'll see changes. They could be little changes. And although the plot will still remain the same and the characters will stay the same, we'll see changes which is why remakes will still be great productions because even though it is the same plot there will be these changes such as the lion king we went from a cartoon aspect that we all grew up with and then over time we got the live action remake it was different i mean we went from this cartoon to seeing these characters in real life animations so although it was the same plot the same Mufasa the same characters that we all loved it was a new form of art in itself so that we became attached to in a different way we see them differently a hundred a hundred percent I think specifically when I saw the live version of the Lion King I almost cried because just the difference between watching something in a cartoon and then seeing it in like that live kind of action film, it evokes different emotions in you within like a deeper level or just it affects people in different ways. So that was a really nice example that you brought up. Um, I guess for my answer on the question, starting back at the beginning again, um, if the different artists painted Mount St. Victoire only once, I think that to an untrained eye, a collection of paintings, all the same mountain, may be confusing to decipher which art piece came from which artist. Various different productions would allow each Serrault, Renoir, Monet, Van Gogh, and Cezanne to all form some level of attachment and realization to the painting. However, there's a bunch of different telltale signs that would make Cezanne's painting still stick out. Um, to be specific, it's not uncommon for comparisons between Cezanne's depiction of Mount Saint Victoire and Monet's contemporaneous painting of haystacks to be compared to each other. And while surely there are various visual commonalities between the two paintings, such as the fact that both artists were interested in the effects of light 
and the varied possibilities that one subject could produce, there is an important and central difference to their approaches. Monet, who was one of the few artists that Cezanne really looked up to, was highly invested in creating his artwork to capture the experiences that go on in a singular day. Sometimes he worked from dawn to dusk to complete the painting. However, on the other hand, Cezanne is known to have labored over his canvases of Mount St. Victoire for much, much longer than that, sometimes even over a period of a couple of years. He truly sought to capture the mountain, not specifically within the time frame of a particular day, month, season, or time, but more on an atemporal plane outside of the respect to time. This truth can really be seen in some of Cezanne's later paintings. Especially during the later part of his career, Cezanne started to move away from his earlier impressionistic style with its emphasis on transience and cultivated his post-impressionist innovation, where now he focused more on emphasizing the vivid relationships between color, form, and emotion as kind of an enduring structure. Mount St. Victoire, with its sense of permanence, offered the artist the perfect subject for these new artistic interests that he sought after. On a separate note, if Sereau, Renoir, Monet, and Van Gogh all did create a painting of Mount St. Victoire, the realization of the landscape most, most probably would be slightly altered. Just like you mentioned, this is because every artist and the individual emphasis that they place on their unique perspectives and through their contribution to the painting adds a new layer to the collection of ideas and history that's already known to be. So depending on the prevalence of what these other paintings are brought about to be, Cezanne might not be the sole attributor to the identity and realization of the Mount St. Victoire mountain range. However, this is all in a theoretical format. We cannot really say that this is true because it's all in a theoretical kind of way. And going to the question that you were asked earlier about different remakes of a film, about The Lion King and your great examples over there, I kind of had a similar idea. Whereas remakes of films uh, function in a pretty similar way to these different paintings that artists can make. Uh, the original might give off an interpretation through a single set of ideals and themes, whereas using the same backdrop and storyline, 10 different remakes and each of, of both the audience could be made in a completely different way. For example, similar to your Lion King example, um, the cartoon version of Peter Pan and the modern day action film. While many things could be similar, you have the same characters, Peter Pan and Wendy and Captain Hook, the basic identifiable traits, the baseline of the story. There are so many distinguishable differences and different realizations that could be made through each film that they definitely are completely different. Yeah, and to add on to that, I also realized right now that Lion King has also been made into a play. So we see both a film and the cartoon version. We'll see the play, and then we can also see the live action, and we can see how these three things can be played out so differently compared yeah, to another. kind of adaptations that even taking what you said to a step further, not only could it be a film or a play, but people can take these characters and embody them into their own lives. Like people will dress up in costumes or students will uh, have like different birthday parties growing up. Like it really can become a part of a person's life. And these different remakes 
while it may not be the original, it may be an original for a single person if they've only ever been exposed to the remake. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. All right. With all of that said, I really want to thank everyone. I want to thank you for joining us so much today, uh, Christine Camille. I really appreciate it. And this concludes Exploring Art, Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon. And remember to stay curious.